Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. Every decade of a woman's life is very different. So in 20s, we may have groin muscle pull and tailbone pain and back pain and those type of problems. And then maybe childbirth related issues in 30s and then perimenopause. I started having hormone changes at age 37. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. So today we're going to talk about something a little different, something that I've never had on the podcast episode before. I want you to think of it this way. Everybody knows that it is important for a house to have a strong foundation and the weight of the roof is held up by the walls and all that's sitting on the foundation. But if that foundation is weak or it has problems, the house will begin to tilt or sag water might come in and the house might even collapse if not corrected. And so a foundation supports and holds everything in place. And the same thing happens in our body. Our bodies need to have a strong foundation in order to experience good health. This starts with our core, but most of us don't realize that our core is far more than just our abdominal muscles. Our core is a really complex combination of muscles that includes every part of our body except for arms and legs. Now that's new information to me. I just recently learned that. So our core is involved in almost every movement that we make. The pelvic floor is the foundation of that core. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. My guest is my very own pelvic floor therapist, Poonam McAllister. Poonam attended school in Bombay, India for a bachelor's degree in physical therapy. She opened Central Illinois Institute of Balance in 2007, and she added pelvic floor therapy to her offerings in 2008. Eight. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, Poonam. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited for you to be here. It's so fun. Usually I get to see you and your environment. You got to come to my house and got to see me and my environment. Um, And so, and and I'll tell you, it's so fun to, uh, to be able to have you here because, you know, I always felt like you and I, I mean, 
you were doing pelvic floor therapy on me, but <laughs> I felt like we were having a small group. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty intimate. Yes. <laughs> it is pretty intimate. But then you and I would just have these deep conversations yeah. about life and God and faith yes. and relationships. And, um, and so I know that you, are going to be able to, in the same way that you have helped me to understand my body and how things work. Um, and I, I, you know, I have no doubt that you're going to be able to um, bring that to to those that are listening today. So it's so fun to be yep. able to see you in a different environment, but start us off with just teaching us about the pelvic floor because most of us don't understand exactly what the pelvic floor is. We don't understand how it works in our body. So teach us about the pelvic floor. Absolutely. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. So um, pelvic floor is one of those things where you don't see it. So you don't even know it exists. And um, it's basically, as you started us off, Jill, it's the it's the floor of your core and it's easier to explain pelvic floor in female anatomy just because that's where you hear about it a lot but, but men have a but pelvic men floor. have a pelvic floor all humans have a pelvic floor i'm sure animals do too but <laughs> <laughs> but pelvic floor is a general term if okay. you will okay. um which basically encompasses multiple internal deep pelvic muscles okay. so your pelvic bone is the waist bone okay and that is what attaches to your low back. So your low back ends and then your pelvis starts. And pelvis is generally a term used for like a basin or a sink, if okay. you will. Okay. So that's the bony pelvis. Yes. But the bottom of the sink that holds everything up is all these muscles and ligaments that make the hammock foundation or the support system of all the organs that are sitting inside your pelvic bone. And what are those organs? So those organs, of course, uh, the big one is the bladder. Yes. And then we have the uterus, the opening of the uterus that ends up becoming the part, the vaginal area. Mm -hmm. And then we also have your digestive tract. So the rectum ends in there. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of weight that it's supporting. Mm-hmm. Plus a lot of vital organs that have to do their function and for them to do their function of voiding and also going to the bathroom and having bowel movements, the mm-hmm. pelvic floor muscle is the tissue that they have to open and work through. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. And so then, and the men, and for men, obviously they don't have a uterus in there, but they've got their digestive, they've got the prostrate is sitting there, their bladder is sitting there. And for men, so it's different anatomy because of, um, just the anatomy of a male, the, the bladder opens up through a ureter, right? So that's okay. where basically the urine will travel through before we go void. But in males, the ureter is very long. Yes. So the pelvic floor muscle is kind of long and loops around it mm-hmm. to cover. So when males have problems with pelvic floor, their incontinence is usually 10, 30 times actually worse. They're Mm -hmm. voiding 40, 50 times a day Mm -hmm. when they don't have pelvic floor uh, function or tone. Mm -hmm. And multiple pad changes 10 to 20 times. So it's 
I have been very surprised when I learned about it. It's more complex and it's harder mm -hmm. to treat them just because of the anatomy and what they experience is way more pronounced than mm -hmm. what women do. Wow. So just the sheer distance. Uh, yes. The ureter has to, the urine has to travel before we can avoid. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. So um, tell us what first got you interested in pelvic floor therapy? How'd you get into this? Yeah, that's a very good question. So it goes way back to my mom. You know, we all have to look at our parents and we learn. <laughs> we go, I am not going to be like that. <laughs> so my mother was my motivation okay. and we can give her the credit. But she had um few miscarriages and then she had two kids and through that she developed incontinence so i remember her struggling with bladder problems all the time when you were young when i was young when i was a kid and then she was a school teacher so she had the teacher bladder she okay. would wait 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 and then come home and then she developed along with the urge incontinence she got the stress incontinence because she started gaining weight during menopause so a lot of Body changes also happened yes. along with muscle weakness, but um, she's pretty uh, affected by it. Where right, the travel like is it. harder, going to spend the night in relatives' places or traveling mm -hmm. by train, she just would not go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it led to you know you get isolated and your relationships obviously mm -hmm. get affected because of it. So. I just knew once I had my kids, uh, as soon as I knew I needed it, I would not let it go that far. Yes. I can't fully prevent some things, mm -hmm. but I can sort of get ahead or begin to manage it. Yes. Uh, the other thing that happened um, after my birthing, childbirth years were over uh, into perimenopause, started having pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. And the pelvic pain was excruciating and I went through multiple specialists, few surgeries, tons of antibiotics to find out I just had a lot of inflammation. And mm. we were told that it's probably endometriosis and I need to have a hysterectomy. But by the time I got that information, I had already started treating myself okay, with just myofascial release. It's a term we use to release the connective tissue mm -hmm. and muscles in that region. Uh, so I was able to keep my pain in control and then when menopause hit i was like i'm just gonna wait i'm not gonna have hysterectomy because my pain is gone mm -hmm. and we'll take our chances so personal experience right where it really uh was the only thing i could do was bring that pain down till i got answers right so, yeah wow huge huge, huge. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. So talk to us about why somebody would go to, why would they seek pelvic floor therapy? So what are the symptoms that they might be having? Because this, the whole concept of pelvic floor therapy was very new for me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'd heard of it. Yeah. I had, um, I'd heard of it in a couple of, uh, situations for women after they had given birth. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I'm way past that <laughs> stage of life. <laughs> and, um, and so I was, you know, and I ultimately went to you, um, mm -hmm. the, you know, came to you at the recommendation of my, uh, my gynecologist. Yeah. Who had sent me for because of painful intercourse. Yeah. 
And I had suffered with that for years and years and years and years to the point where we had, you know, determined that it just, we had taken that out of our, I mean, we still had, we were still sexually active, but that just wasn't even a part of it at that point. And um, it's so funny because yeah. um, my son um, helps with the podcast. So he's probably at this Hearing point. <laughs> mom sharing her personal journey. Exactly. He's probably going, la, 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 la. It is all for the greater good. <laughs> Actually, you need to know this, Austin, for your own wife um, and your own body. Oh, so no. we're going to, we're going to go there. That's but anyway, um, so, um, so anyway, I, that was all very new to me. And, and, you know, when she said, why don't you think about seeing a pelvic floor therapist and let's yeah. just give that a try. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, that's ultimately how I met you mm-hmm. and we got started and I began to learn more about uh, pelvic floor therapy, but what are the symptoms? Yeah. Yeah, that people would have that might be treated with this. Absolutely. And I will kind of echo what you said, like you were having problems and then until your doctor mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. so a lot of times there is a lot of uh, people are shy and it's hard to share what you're feeling with others. And then until you have your annual physical, it may come up then. So a lot of times people wait too long because mm-hmm. it's so personal and People want to try to figure out things on their own. Yeah. So I will say tendency to not talk about it or not tell others leads to having problems go a little longer. Yes. Whereas there's no shame in it. We mm-hmm. all have just like any muscle, your neck muscle can have a knot in it. Yes. You can have a tear in your shoulder muscle. You can hurt your knee. So pelvic floor muscle is no different. Right. It has blood flow. It has nerve. It can be affected by surgery injury or just lack of use yes so um any you know so i just want to put that out there yeah that's i mean it's a great you know because you you know some of the therapies you used for me were like even ultrasound which ultrasound is like increasing the blood flow all of that kind of stuff tissue healing all of that yes right so um so we can think about it more in a broader sense that hey if i hurt my shoulder and neck what do I do? And uh, but the problem is you don't know that you've hurt or your pelvic floor is not working. Mm-hmm. So which leads to your question, Jill, is what would people experience? So a lot of times the common thing, you know, when you hear about pelvic floor, I mean, you go to public bathrooms and places and they'll say, you know, um, if you cough and uh, sneeze and, you know, you leak, well, then it's pelvic floor. That is one of the commonest uh, symptom or more widely accepted known, yes. if you will. Yes. So, you know, trouble controlling your urine flow, not making it to the bathroom or having to stop just in case mm-hmm. while you're traveling. Oh, is a rest area. I'm just going to go just in case. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm leaving an appointment, oh, just in case I'm going to go to the bathroom yes. so I don't wet my pants. So the, the urinary component, you know, with the coughing, sneezing, laughing mm-hmm. or the other part not being able to wait till you go to the bathroom is the urge control. You just can't control the urge part. But the other things women or 
mostly we'll talk about women here but the pressure there's a feeling of pressure mm -hmm. down there so especially very active people so this actually applies to people who are crossfitters who are exercising regularly yes. runners they will have like a sense of pressure down there okay. with activity and that's prolapse the muscle is weak so, so the bladder and the rectum everything is pushing downward it's not being supported Okay. tension muscles uh so feeling of pressure painful intercourse not being able to use a tampon or a diva cup let's see and then general pain around your tailbone tailbone pain is huge like we really quite a bit of tailbone pain even in young mm -hmm. ladies you know college age girls mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so and then constipation okay is also related to pelvic floor again because your bowel has to eliminate through the pelvic floor the sphincters have to work and the muscle has to relax and give yes it needs to work when it needs to work by contracting mm -hmm. but it also needs to know when to let go right and that's almost more important so mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay that makes sense that helps yeah and the, the women you know the pregnancy part is another commonly accepted thing is the prenatal part of it uh, and postnatal mm -hmm. part of it. So women can develop tears in their muscles in their abdominal muscles. Okay. So we hear that a lot, which is not really a pelvic floor symptom per mm -hmm. se, but diastasis. But women who have episiotomies or they tear during labor, long, hard labor. Yes. Um, then they can have tearing of the superficial muscles. So again, there's pain, trouble, being able to urinate fully okay void completely and intercourse before we leave that men let's talk for a moment about men because mm -hmm. a lot of times women are the connect i mean i have men that listen to the podcast so Great. there may be some Great. guys out here yeah. that are listening but women are also sometimes the connect the dots yeah the men make the decisions of healthcare, or yeah <laughs> like honey you should think about this so what <laughs> Uh, what would be a what would be symptoms that men might be having that pelvic floor therapy could be helpful for? Absolutely, and it would be a lot of the same with the urinary piece. Um, mm -hmm. The urinary, you know, not being able to start a urine stream, being it may be deviated to the right or left. Mm -hmm. Sexual dysfunction can be part of it, mm -hmm. uh, and then you know, with prostate enlargement, uh, again there is um, pressure, so they may be going more often. Gotcha. frequency so frequency frequency so urgency frequency deviation little change and then uh sexual dysfunction you mm -hmm. know is related to that and post-surgery so we do see males who've had right now we're getting people post-operatively so after the prostrate's been removed or they've had a procedure done to shrink it uh, we're seeing them mostly for the incontinence piece they're not able to go exercise they cannot you know if they're going into the office you have to layer up with extra padding and mm, going to meetings hard. without soiling your pants so uh, mm. it can be pretty um yeah does that fun. does that uh, is there any part of uh uh of the pelvic floor therapy that addresses because i know sometimes after men have prostate surgery they have erectile dysfunction yes as far so does that yes. is that a part of that as that well? that is part of that so sexual dysfunction that's where i Would was be going that. with that with mm -hmm. the erectile dysfunction because male organ has to elongate and lengthen and it requires mm -hmm. the pelvic floor muscles to help with that lengthening so one of the cues we give to people is 
you know, pretend that you're trying to lengthen your penis. So mm-hmm. that's part of it. I haven't gone. There's so much super specialization. Mm-hmm. But it is related to that. Yeah. It would be one factor, obviously. Mm-hmm. Muscular factor. A muscular factor. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So one of the things that you just, it was so interesting during my season of um, coming in for pelvic floor therapy is you just always seem to be, it's like you had this bag of tricks and you were always pulling <laughs> something out of your bag. I mean, not literally, but I was like, every single time it seemed like you would use something new, you would do something different. So talk a little bit about the different kinds of therapy that you use to treat pelvic floor. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I love that because as a therapist, we want to be able to make every visit count <laughs> and every session is valuable. And, um, you know, and if it requires skills of a trained therapist, we should give something, you know, valuable at that time. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the common things that we would use is obviously some hands-on care, you know, mm-hmm. we're big on hands-on care. So, um, you know, people may experience like muscle stretching. So I may use my own finger Mm -hmm. to evaluate the tissue to see if it's tender, tight, or if it's weak, I will ask for like, pretend you're trying not to pee, Mm -hmm. pretend you're trying to not poop. And then you feel for the muscle tension around so that you're finger. understanding what kind of muscle problem, there problem is. they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it weak or is it too tight mm-hmm. or is it too tense all the time? Mm-hmm. And if it's hurt and swollen and inflamed again, it will be too tense all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, our fingers tell us quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so some of the treatments may involve just the therapist using their hands. Mm-hmm. We do use a lot of breathing coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, so really teaching people, like a lot of people who come to us will say, I'm just not sure if I'm doing the right thing. I've been doing my Kegels, but I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. So that's goal number one. First session, we got to make sure your brain found the muscle. And you know when to turn it on and turn it off mm-hmm. voluntarily because mm-hmm. um, it is in our control because it's a voluntary muscle. It's a, well, it's a skeletal muscle, meaning I got power over it. Mm-hmm. Unlike the heart and the gut muscles, they're involuntary. So, right. uh, so teaching people to actually relax with the inhale. Mm -hmm. how to use their diaphragm muscle for breathing. Mm -hmm. And then also when they exhale, they can coordinate the pelvic floor muscle work with the exhale. So it's a lot of sometimes just mindfulness, diaphragmatic breathing, stretching of the hip, butt Mm -hmm. muscles, and then we get into some core work also Mm -hmm. if we want to strengthen it. We do use um, one of the tools I may use is a pelvic wand. You know, Mm -hmm. if my finger is not too deep and the deeper pelvic muscles to get to those trigger points, Mm -hmm. we may use like a curved tool Mm -hmm. and it's called a pelvic wand so we can stretch that Mm -hmm. tissue. Mm -hmm. Um, Electrical stimulation is Mm -hmm. used so much like if you have a drop foot, in your foot and you can't walk pelvic floor muscle if it's so weak from nerve injury then we can insert an internal either a rectal for males or a vaginal electrode for women Mm -hmm. and it will actually make the muscle contract Mm -hmm. and then people can start beginning to feel it and that was my thing i could not localize where this muscle is i know the anatomy but i don't feel it Mm -hmm. and so if sensation is gone with it Mm -hmm. i can't 
connected with my brain. Right. So that so when you were able to start feeling it, then that made such a difference. Then I got it. I'm like, this is what I should feel. This is where it is. So mm-hmm. I could do some visual imagery with it. You know, mm-hmm. so we'll teach like flower opening, closing or a sun opening, closing or um, an elevator going up in the f- different floors of the building yeah. to contract and the elevator going down to lengthen mm-hmm. and relax. Um, there are um, dilators that mm-hmm. are available um, that the therapist can help, you know, recommend mm-hmm. what size dilator a person mm-hmm. might use at home mm-hmm. for self-stretching. So we equip you with a home program. Mm-hmm. So the in-clinic time is used more for things that you cannot do on your own. Yeah. And then at home, you're doing the maintenance part yes. and building the repetitions and the tone yeah. and positioning. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned earlier myo- myofacial release. release. Yes. yes. And I remember like one of the things that you did was like you really worked the muscles on the inside of my like my thigh. Yes. You worked and I couldn't believe the difference that that would make. Yeah. Like I it was yeah. like Okay, that, mm-hmm. that's not pelvic. Yes. Like, well, yes. <laughs> and then I remember asking you about it and you were like, yes. these are attached yes. to the pelvic floor. And and then I would notice a huge difference yes. afterwards. Yes. And so it's it's just not even understanding how all of that is connected. Mm-hmm. You know, that just that blew my mind mm-hmm. the difference that yeah. that sometimes those therapies would make. Yeah. And often, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because the anytime a person comes with pelvic floor related symptoms mm-hmm. we will evaluate the low back the hips and then the pelvic floor because it's a complex region yes so if i can affect inevitable you know if i can affect the bigger muscles and get overflow into the little muscles mm-hmm. i'm going to get better results but the inner thigh connection the muscles in your leg originate in the pelvis the right. hamstring, the glutes, the inner thigh muscles, the quad muscles, they have beginning up there. Right. So, and also reflexology wise, the mm-hmm. uterus and ovaries will refer pain into the thigh. So we mm-hmm. can work the thigh and affect the visceral organs. Dry needling is another new therapy. We do taping, we do strengthening, uh, using the Pilates type of strengthening, which recruits the deeper skeletal muscles mm-hmm. so we use a reformer but it's a lot of it is just helping people f- isolate that muscle right and dry needling is a new technique that we've started doing um but it's also for trigger point release so it's like an acupuncture needle mm-hmm. and ultrasound electrical stimulation on the thigh but low back region to kind of calm the inflammation yeah guarding down mm-hmm then we can go into some stretching. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I I think that it is a, I mean, it is a a sensitive private part of our body down in there. And so we struggle with it. Part of this, part of the reason I wanted us to have a conversation, I think it's important to normalize Mm. this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important for people to even know that it exists. I think most, you know, I mean, I had babies, you know, I started having them 30, 38 <laughs> years ago. And um, and we, you know, we, we even talked about kegels, kegel yeah. uh, exercises, you know, back then. Yeah. But I feel like, I mean, when did pelvic floor therapy really kind of get more on in, in the mainstream? Yeah, it's been in the last 10, 15. I think it's been fairly recent because women have been having kids 
forever. Right. But even the gynecologists and their um, awareness and openness to prescribing mm-hmm. or even thinking this might be a differential diagnosis. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the OBs don't have time or they're busy managing disease. But if the ultrasound doesn't show anything, then they don't know what to do. Right. So luckily in our community, we have OBs and doctors who are aware of that. And it's taken a lot of education, Mm -hmm. but um, social media has helped with that Mm -hmm. because women and people can access things. True. So I think that's helped raise awareness Mm -hmm. that this is something that I feel my recommendation would be every woman should have at least a baseline evaluation. Mm Mm-hmm. At, and I don't want to, you know, separate women who are getting married and not getting married because we all need it. Mm-hmm. But at least women who are getting married and plan to have babies get one appointment okay, to just understand the anatomy. At least know what my state is and be comfortable with it. Yes. And kind of know, oh, this is a new change. Now I can tell my doctor about it. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather empower the person so they can tell their providers. Mm, Wait a okay. minute. This is kind of not going right. Yeah, Something this is might different. Be Something's off. Something might be off. So so I think that would be a great preventative, if you will. Yes. Appointment. Uh-huh. Let's do it at the front end instead of at the back end. Yes. And then people know where the resources are. Yeah. And not a lot of time is wasted. Yeah. And if somebody's kind of in the middle of their life, maybe they're even entering menopause, something like yes. that, even having a baseline appointment, maybe they're not yes. having troubles, but boy, mm-hmm. if you could head that off, because even for me, mm-hmm. by the time I came to you, we don't, mm-hmm. I'd already been yeah. having issues for four years, yeah. five years. Okay. And so that made yeah. it even harder. I'm so glad I went and yeah. I can't, I mean, I, I feel the difference and I'm so grateful for that. But I think, you know, had I understood it a long time ago, I think that could have made such a difference yeah. and done it earlier. So even to have a, to just normalize this yes, and, and to have that baseline, no matter where you are in the journey. Yes. yes. Every decade of a woman's life is very different. So in 20s, we may have groin muscle pull and tailbone pain and back pain and those type of problems. And then maybe childbirth related issues in 30s and then perimenopause. I started having hormone changes at age 37. Mm -hmm. So... I was having a cluster of symptoms. Right. But now looking back, that was all hormone related. Mm. But I was going to a lot of different specialists because we were evaluating symptoms. Right. Or my heart flutters or right. mood changes or depression or mm-hmm. pelvic pain. So I started having a lot of different issues or urge. I just constantly started having, they called them bladder infections, but they weren't. It was just inflammation. It was pelvic inflammation. Right. Affected by the inconsistent hormone. Right. So, yeah, every decade would be wonderful. Yeah. Every decade. Medicare does a new um, entrance to Medicare. Welcome to Medicare exam. Okay. And at that time, you can talk about general health. Uh So, post-menopause, Although by then we may have already moved past it. Right. But uh, to begin to talk about it then, pelvic health should be a question. 
Right. And talk about it then. Yeah. 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 So, so if you're suffering in silence right now, please mm-hmm. do not suffer any longer. Mm-hmm. Know that there are treatments, there are therapies, there are yes. ways that, uh, you know, that, that this can be uh, treated. So, mm-hmm. so um, I'll ask you both this question for both men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first for women, you know, when you think about it, what do you wish in general, what's mm-hmm. one thing you wish every woman understood about pelvic floor therapy? Mm-hmm. That, that's very hard to narrow down and you gave me a heads up on it. <laughs> so I think it is just think about it as normal, like what you're saying. It's yeah. normal function of a muscle mm-hmm. and there is help for it. There is a process of evaluating it mm-hmm. and a process of treating it okay. just to understand that, that it is part of medicine. It's yeah. part of your health. Yeah. Good. Good. And yeah. for men, what do you wish men knew? And for men to know that they do have a pelvic floor. I think number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> pelvic floor and and knowing what abnormal pelvic floor is like. If they begin to have changes with andropause or with sexual dysfunction or incontinence. What's andropause? Andropause is a lot like menopause. So they can have low testosterone. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. And men go through that, although it's not widely talked about. Mm-hmm. So men's health, there are pelvic health practitioners who are not scared to deal with this issue. Mm-hmm. And again, to be open to talking about it mm-hmm. as a health issue mm-hmm. or a prevention issue. Mm-hmm. So... um just to know that there is a pelvic floor and it's not just women yes. who deal with these problems. Yes. I think that's a biggest misconception. Mm-hmm. Pelvic floor women. No, no, no. It's it's all, all of us. us. And yeah. we've had kids we've treated because of um, reflux kidney disease because they're not voiding or mm-hmm. IBS. Well, IBS, Crohn's, cystic fibre. So when we go into medical diagnosis, Mm-hmm. That can affect pelvic floor function. Mm. Sadly, those diagnoses aren't picky gender-wise. Mm-hmm. So we do see males Men. and yeah. kids and okay. females who do have pelvic floor dysfunction from disease of that type. Yeah. Whereas a lot of it we were talking about with women is the natural woman's life cycle sure right that's right. normal yes so right. that's normal and we can manage that normal progression of a woman's lifespan yes and make them as healthy as independent as strong as they can be mm-hmm. but when it comes to disease related conditions that's just wide open mm-hmm. so to know that there is help for that yeah Oh, that's so good. This has been such a good conversation. Thank I you. Enjoyed it. So easy to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It uh, it, it, yeah. yeah. We we always have had easy conversations. So I appreciate that. But you know, if you're listening and you do live in central Illinois, okay. I know I have listeners literally all over the world, but if you do live in central Illinois in the Bloomington Normal or surrounding areas, make sure that you check out Poonam. She's at Central Illinois Balance, and she just has a an incredibly caring office. I will make sure that we put your contact information in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Poon, what, what do you think if somebody's outside of this area, what's the best way for them to find a pelvic floor therapist? That's an excellent question. So um, best way to look is go to American Physical Therapy Association. Okay. So it's 
APTA.org. Okay. Underneath that, if you search specialists. Okay. Then you it'll give you a list of specialists to search for. But search within that organization okay. and look for pelvic specialists or pelvic floor specialists it used to be we're changing the terminology around it a lot okay where it was always women's health women's health women's health okay but we're flipping it to pelvic health pelvic health pelvic health okay good because that more represents what it is exactly exactly and there's each and there's super specialization within those branches Mm -hmm. which is so fascinating that Mm -hmm. we're we're taking off in that area but american physical therapy association search under that directory yes and to find it trained the other uh organization that's trains physical therapists is called herman and wallace and i can give that information so yeah we'll put it in the show notes Uh in the notes herman and wallace also has a directory find providers so both both associations are very well known and reputable in certifying physical therapists who want to be specialists in public health. Okay. So either of those directories, you will find well-trained clinicians who are passionate about this. Yes. And it's not a sideshow. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I know that this is a little bit of a pivot of my normal topics. You know, I'm usually talking about faith and we're talking about family and relationships but honestly this is really attached to that yes. you know because these issues particularly when they are sexual in nature uh particularly when someone just isn't they're not comfortable with their own body yeah like uh, you know then th- then it affects relationships yes it affects their comfort level sexually if they're married it affects their comfort level physically in communication right i mean it's down right because they and especially because if we are embarrassed to talk about it and we don't all of that and so it really does uh apply to my usual topics of conversation we're just coming at it from a different angle i know that i have you know, in, in my coaching, since I've become more familiar with this and had, uh, you know, the experience myself, I've been able to recommend it to some people mm-hmm. that we have worked with. Um, and, uh, I know we had one couple that we worked with and, um, it was a gentleman who had struggled and he actually went to, uh, a, a man, so, you know, a doctor that mm-hmm. specialized in men's health and discovered he had extremely low testosterone and uh, was, uh, it was like, you know, just nobody had checked that. Nobody yeah. had thought about it. And he did some pelvic floor therapy and it like transformed their physical relationship. Wow. So this is really important stuff. Yes. So thank you for being willing to come and share. Yes. Thank you for having me. And I hope it helps many at least start thinking about it and yeah. be comfortable with this. Yes. And and just to even yeah. be aware of it. Yes. So, Kunim, would you be willing to pray for our audience yes. before we go? Yes. I okay. would love that. I would love that. Yes. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you because you are the creator. You have created us. Uh, you have designed us. And we are wonderfully made. We are so mm-hmm. complex. And we're still trying to figure out how this body works, Lord. And you are the amazing creator so mm-hmm. we pray that um that this talk or um, the audience is just blessed with hope yes uh, that you um 
are offering hope through uh, this information and that there is healing. You yes. are the great physician and you use providers. You equip us, Lord. So uh, we are just uh, instruments, Lord. So I just pray that many will receive healing uh, and access um, through this talk. And, uh, and I pray that your purpose is fulfilled in each one of their lives, Lord, as you planned it. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.